Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies. I am Garrett. And I am Carson. A little bit of a hiatus, but we're back. The MCU brings us back out of our slumber. Yes, we are on episode 176. And you know what that means, don't you? It's the last no. episode of season one. <laughs> season one. <laughs> Only 176 episodes in season one. Yep, yep. No. Well, I mean, it seemed like a good time as any to come out. Our last episode was Eternals. So, you know, I don't think that anybody was, you know, overly looking forward to Eternals or overly looking forward to Shang-Chi. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I think everybody was looking forward to Spider-Man, given what everybody knew about it. Yeah. And uh, we took a little while to do this. I've got two of my... We both saw this opening night. Yep. And uh, I, I've now seen it twice. I went back and, and saw it again. And so we are into the new year recording Spider-Man. Yeah, I did not get around to seeing it twice. I just saw it the once on opening night. I think um, my daughter has seen it twice and my son has seen it twice. So I'm And my wife has seen it twice. So I think I'm the only one in my family to have not seen it twice. And that, that wasn't because I didn't want to. It was more of just a matter of circumstances. Yeah, and, and I don't know if we need to do spoiler-free on this one. I feel like this movie is uh, universally loved. So I feel like it's a recommended watch if you're keeping up with your MCU watches. I see. I see. I was wondering where you're going with that. I'm like, well, just because people tend to like it doesn't mean people want to be spoiled. But I guess given the time frame that it's been out to, um, I don't know that it makes sense to necessarily try to keep spoiler free. You know, if we had released it the week of, sure. But you've had time to go out and see it. You've had time. And if you're waiting to see it, the recommendation is to see it. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, I'm going to be hard pressed to to find any kind of MCU movie to say like you shouldn't go see it because inevitably they're going to tie it in somehow. So at some point, if you're wanting to keep up with the MCU, even if it's low standards, you know, from the bar that MCU has set, you're you're probably going to have to see it to make it make sense. In fact, I think one of the things that is interesting that you know I, I won't necessarily spoil, but there hasn't been a lot of tie-ins necessarily, I think, to the, the MCU shows on Disney+, Plus, but it certainly seems like uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming up is going to be the first one where it's like, okay, you better have gone and watched What If to, to make sure you get some of this. Yeah, well, What If, uh, WandaVision, and uh, Loki, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Loki w Loki didn't play into Spider-Man as much as I thought. It, I think it would have helped conceptually, but you didn't have to see it. Well, Loki, no, it's um, yeah, it's all multiverse, and he's he's doing stuff back there. But uh, yeah, no, I I just think from a if you're watching the MCU and you may have had a bad taste in your mouth from Eternals of not seeing how it all connects, I think uh, just from an enjoyable, good movie, this is a this is a must see. Yep, I agree. I think. It's one of the top tier MCU movies, and it's definitely one that I think has enough going for it that it's going to be enjoyed by a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. So, definitely a recommended watch. I don't think anybody will hate it. You know, I think it'll 
floor for most people will probably be like your average person, like three, I think. So definitely, definitely worth seeing and absolutely must see for probably what needs to happen um, for the remainder of the MCU. I mean, I don't want to rush you along. Do you have any spoiler free things that you want to talk about before we get to it? No, I think we're good diving in. And I guess on that same note, do we feel like we need the the blurb and the cast as usual? Or do we feel like people... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, th- throw that cast out there. Okay, here we go. Well, we're starting with the blurb first. Peter well, Parker... I'll tell you what, what. Throw the cast out after... Now we're getting into spoilers, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're saying we're in spoilers. We're saying... We, we give them plenty of warnings already. We are not okay. doing spoilers this episode. So are, we are not doing spoiler-free. We are heading straight into spoilers. Now dive into the cast. Okay, so... <laughs> Blurb, Peter Parker is unmasked and no longer able to separate his normal life from the high stakes of being a superhero. When he asks for help from Doctor Strange, the stakes become even more dangerous, forcing him to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. The movie was directed by, uh, oh my gosh, I just blanked, John Watts. People in my house have been watching The Amazing Spider-Man, so I wanted to say Webb was the director, but he did (laughs) both of The Amazing Spider-Man, so I, I had to catch myself for a second. Cast, Tom Holland, Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, John Favreau, Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Benedict Wong, Marissa Tomei, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, J.K. Simmons. I think that covers just about everybody and gets all the spoilers out of the way. Though, to your point, I think a lot of the cast spoilers were known for a really long time. It wasn't like that was kept overly secretive. Which is a shame. Which is a shame because that would have been really cool to see in theaters. Yeah, it's just, it's too much these days. There's just, there's too many set photos, there's too many leaks, there's too many trailers. It's, I I don't know, and and I will say, I saw the first trailer, and then you and my son watched the second trailer, and we're both like, they're giving everything away. So I stopped. I only saw the first trailer going into this, but I had already known about the casting, and I knew that both Spider-Man were going to be in there, but I tried to stay away from everything else, but... Um, it, yeah, it just sucks this day and age. It is very, very hard to be surprised, especially with a big blockbuster-type movie. Well, you have... The, the trailer has, you know, Dr. Octopus in there, you know? And the trailer even had hinted at the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. And then they threw the whole Sinister Six at the end of the second trailer. It's like, what? I, I don't think in a movie like Spider-Man, you even need a whole lot. Yeah. At all. It's just, hey, new Spider-Man movie, and that's all we're giving you. And I think you're going to sell out like you did. And then once people start raving about it, you know, then sure, fine. But I feel like it was it would have been a lot cooler had Andrew Garfield showed up and then Tobey Maguire showed up without anybody knowing. Even, even Dr. Octopus reveal could have been pretty cool. Like, wait, what are they doing right. here? You know, the thing that sucks the most is that, you know, we, we've talked a lot about being trying to go trailer free, but it's... It's so much harder than that because once the trailer is out, the general public doesn't consider what's in the trailer a spoiler anymore. Right. So right. then you're seeing news feeds and articles and everything pop up everywhere about, Interviews. oh, Andrew Garfield looked like this. And so you're like, okay, well, I didn't watch the trailer, but now that's that's gone for me. So I'm of the belief anymore that if it's in the trailer, it's almost impossible to avoid. Like you can, you can try to, to avoid it personally watching it, but once it hits the trailer, it hits news feeds, it hits everything else. And it's yeah. Interviews, whatever it is, it's out in the media and it's fair game. And it's just unavoidable at that point. Well, Molina and Defoe went on a press circuit. It's like they, they showed the, uh, the goblin bomb, but they didn't show, you know, Willem Defoe at all. You yeah, know, it could so. have been Franco or somebody else. But it's like it's like you just 
at some point they said, ah, forget it. We're just going to throw it out there. Yeah. It, it sucks because I, I'm really kind of reversing course the older I get. I don't, I'm fine maybe seeing one trailer, but for some of these bigger movies, I think I'm to the point where I don't want to see anything, but it's impossible for me. I mean, I guess I can, I've gotten way more off social media than I used to, but even then, you know, if, you know, you start chatting movies with somebody and, you know, they're like, oh, did you see that trailer? And can you believe Willem Dafoe's back? You're like, oh, dude, like, you know, I, I yeah. didn't want to know that. But in their defense, if it's in a trailer, like, it's fair game. Yeah. And that, that that's, that's really a shame. Like, I mean, we talk about that already as trailers show too much in the movie in general. But even but these are reveals. Like, these are cool reveals right. that could have happened. And, and I, I just think that unless the character is new, then Marvel just needs to say, Doctor Strange 2. Done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Done. That's it. Okay, you know Doctor Strange. You either like him or you don't. You're going to see the second one. Either you like him or you don't, and that's right. all that you need. Yeah. But if, you're, but if you're coming out with Moon Knight, I'm gonna, I need to tease you on who Moon Knight is because nobody knows who Moon Knight is. Sure. And I, I mean, probably the MCU and Star Wars and some of the bigger franchises are the only ones that could ever get away with anything like that. You know, any other movie cannot do that. You know, I mean, can you can't yeah. walk into some new random directed movie you know, like a new Coen Brothers movie and even, you know, Christopher Nolan, the guys that we know that make good movies, you still can't just walk into that kind of movie blind. I mean, you still kind of want to get a hint. But I was talking to my son about this, but I I would be curious. And I think you and I chatted about this too. Like maybe, maybe they make a minute and a half trailer using footage that's not from the movie, but still represents the movie. So you get a feel for the movie, but you don't, spoil it but the obviously the argument against that is that then if you put something really really cool in there and then it's not in the movie they're going to feel gypped but i'm to the point where i feel like i'd rather have that like okay show me something about that gives the look and the feel of the movie but you know it's almost like a short like what do i want to call like a prelude or a you know what i mean like it's something that tells you what the movie's about but doesn't necessarily divulge anything about the movie yeah i i disagree with your your way in there because there's sometimes that I see something and I'm waiting for that mm-hmm. you know and and maybe I really enjoyed it in the trailer and I'm waiting for that like how do they tie that in right. I would if I was putting my stipulations on it is you can only put in the trailer what's in the first 30 minutes of the movie that's it that's the only thing that mean, you can cut to add into yeah. there and that's well your, that's I, your <laughs> Spider-Man would have suffered from that a little bit it, though. it, it would have and new, that, that's that's a big reveal sp- thing yeah. but I still think for most movies if it's in the first 30 you're okay putting it in the trailer if not then you can't do it but see why not why not challenge the director to say you've made this two and a half hour movie now I want you to make a minute and a half to two minute synopsis of that movie not using any footage from that movie it's kind of like reading the back cover of or the back of a book, right? You you can read the little synopsis and that gives you enough, but it doesn't necessarily give you everything about it. It's just like, okay, well, there's a picture here and the back of the book tells me this. Okay, I'm interested now, but it doesn't spell out everything like movie trailers do. Well, how does it how do you feel about them deleting things or adding things that aren't there? So like with uh, the trailer for this one just had Tom Holland swinging at the Sinister Six and they deleted the other two Spider-Men. Or in Avengers, they added, uh, was it Infinity War? They added the Hulk running through the jungle, mm-hmm. you know, with them all and he wasn't in the movie at all, you know? I'm fine with that. Personally, I, I'm so sick of movies, and maybe it's a pendulum, but I'm so sick of movies giving away so much that I'm ruining that experience versus like, 
I, I, I don't think I would be the kind of person that's like, oh, that was in the trailer and you didn't show me this. Come on, that's not cool. I'd be more like, okay, no, the trailer's for me to get a feel for what this movie's going to be about, not to give away all the scenes in the movie. And I think the pendulum has gone too far that way of giving away everything. Yeah. And I feel like this this gave away everything. And then the obviously the people that are scouring the sets and saw Toby and right. Andrew and, you know, that's a different level of... Of spoiling, can't get yeah, away from. Yeah, but I feel like that level of spoiling is easy to stay away from, right? I think easier, I should easier. say. I feel like you ha- there's a common acknowledgement across whatever you want to call it, movie media, whether that's TV, web, whatever, that acknowledges that, okay, these are set photos. These are big spoilers. You're not supposed to know this. Click at your own risk kind of thing versus stuff that the movie studio itself has put out there and has basically said, this is fair game because it's in the trailer and, or we put it in a magazine or we put it on the toy merchandise like that. That stuff is fair game now. So I I can, I never once saw a set photo of Toby or Andrew, but I knew that they were in it because you know, other leaks happened. Yeah. I, I saw a set photo of Andrew and I don't know if it was from this movie or they just, doctored it from from something else but looked like oh hey andrew garford's in his spider-man suit Mm -hmm. you know it's like oh well crap (laughs) yes he's in it i mean i guess it makes you wonder if the studios are ever going to start doing fake things like that i mean shoot that goes all the way back to what empire strikes back where george lucas filmed two different endings and so nobody quite i mean they knew it was gonna be one of the two but they didn't know which one it was gonna be so how long before studios start purposely doing things like that to mislead people like oh yeah we brought andrew garfield and toby in for a day yeah but they're not in there though sorry yeah you start paying actors just to show up to set yeah although that could be it could be really disappointing like keanu reeves is on set and then you're just waiting for keanu to show up and yeah he's not there yeah i don't know man there's there needs to be a way to figure out trailers and spoilers altogether because it's it's starting to get really really bad just and like i said even from a even from the content that the studios endorse, like they, they need to have their hands slapped for some of the trailers they're releasing. Well, in 2022, there are nine superhero movies between That's DC overkill. and Marvel. Nine. So, and I would say only three of them probably need a trailer. The rest yeah. of them are, here's the new Doctor Strange movie. Just, you know, you're going to see it. Right. Uh, Black Adam has the rock in it. You're you're going to go see it because of that. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's like plenty of them are just you're just going to go see. It. It's the next Thor movie. You're going to go see Thor. You know? Right. Uh, I don't I don't want to even I don't want to see a trailer for Thor. I know Natalie Portman's in it. And I know Thor's in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there. I'm going to see it. Right. So I don't think you need to need to even tantalize people to to go to those. Yeah. Yep. I mean, but again, that only, that's only solvable for highly highly acknowledged visible franchises well i'm, and, I'm trying to solve all the world's problems right now with trailers yeah. but but like i said the the nine superhero movies are going to carry the box office for 2022 sure and that's that's what it's going to be so if you like superhero movies then they save the movies and good luck you're in for a good ride if you hate them and you're tired of them well that's what's keeping the theaters afloat so be thankful for them yeah i agree Okay, so let let's scrap the trailer talk. We we okay. we've gotten our gotten our way through that one. Let's head into uh, let's head into No Way Home. Where do you want to start on this? You know, I always I always uh, defer to you on this. Well, I just I want to start off by saying I, I loved it. I I love this movie, and it's really hard with me uh, with uh, comic book properties to take myself out of this is how I would have done it, or this is how the comics do it, or this is. Um, 
you know, it, it it's it's hard. And that's why I wanted to see it a second time, even though I loved it the first time. I only mm-hmm. had like one nitpick first time that I saw it, and the the second time I, I I just loved how they did it because they actively retroacted the the things that I hated in the other movies, and so they they fixed Toby's stuff, they fixed Andrew's stuff, and uh, and I'm excited if. But we'll talk later. But if they do bring back Andrew Garfield into the Sony verse, that I feel like they fixed the Sony verse. Now I think that they will ruin it because it's Sony, you know, upcoming <laughs> movies. But I feel like Andrew Garfield uh, and his performance it brought brought back those things because Jamie Fox is a real villain. You know, he looks like Electro, like he's supposed to. Uh, Willem Dafoe smashing the helmet was great because the helmet was terrible. Right. He has a goblin-like face anyway. And so that, that okay, we're just going to use his goblin face. And they made him, you know, toe-to-toe with Spider-Man to show how strong the Green Goblin is. You know, th- things like that. You never really got that feel from uh, their movies, but they really showed it in this. And I feel like they, they fixed the old ones, and then they, they laid... Um, so we don't have to rehash these villains in in Tom's world. That that's all a very good thing. We don't have to say, well, gosh, how come there's no Green Goblin ever in in Tom's world? Well, he just doesn't exist. We we we've done that story, and they acknowledge that we've done that story. So we don't have to see a retread of those. So you think that they won't do any? Like they, you don't think they'll do a Green Goblin in MCU now? No, I don't. There's no room for it, to be honest. Um, well, they There's haven't so introduced many... any of the Osborns in the MCU, so that'd be a long way, to, long while. I mean, there's no even like talk of them, right? Well, he said Oscorp doesn't exist. That's yeah. what Norman said. You know, I come to a world and I went to my house. Somebody else is living there, and Oscorp doesn't even exist. Right. So, I, I mean, it's you, to me that's been done now. Yeah. And so there's so many Spider-Man villains. There's so many. He's got three movies left. We haven't even touched Venom, uh, which I'm glad they left him out of this. Uh, that that they kind of hinted at we're gonna do this over here better than what you did. Uh, that that you, there's no need to go back to Doc Ock. There's no need to go back to Green Goblin. Um, those those guys are those guys are done. I think that, that's a great way of doing it. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I actually had totally forgot about the whole Venom crossover until the end credit scene. I, mm-hmm. you know, I remember us talking about it a lot when we saw Venom too, and we're like, okay, how are they going to do this? What are they going to do? And <laughs> I mean, kudos to the MCU. It's almost like they, they kind of stuck it to Sony. Like, mm-hmm. all right, you can pretend to be a part of this, but we're shooting you down. Like, this is not happening. Yeah, it's like Sony shot their movie and said, yeah, we're part of the MCU. Yeah. And then Marvel came back and said, nah, nah, right. we're going to do this ourselves. I hope that's how it went down. I hope that when they were screening it for the Sony execs, they had no idea what was going to happen. They sent, they sat there the whole time like, why isn't Tom Hardy in this? Why, why don't we have any Venom? And then they get to the credits scene, they're like, okay, here we go. Yes, this is what we're doing. And then they're like, uh, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right, I guess we're out. Like... And honestly, like I know you and I had talked with Venom too, and I thought that Hardy coming in wouldn't be bad. But this is the best case scenario. Like, don't infect, you know, what we've got going on here with Sony's nonsense. And it's kind of honestly how I feel about X Men. I, mm-hmm. I I would listen to Hugh Jackman having some kind of capacity. Nope. I mean, but I I think you're better off just saying Sony Fox. You guys had your twenty year chance at this over multiple franchises. You messed it up. 
we own this now. Go away. I mean, Fox is different because they don't exist anymore, so they don't have to worry about that one. Sony, they got to kind of play nice with. But um, circling all the way back around before I get too off topic, I think they did well with the villains, but I would be lying if I said I I didn't. I didn't like them being in this movie. I just like the, the taint I have, the, the the distaste in my mouth I have for the previous Spider-Man franchises. Just, I didn't like, there's a certain part of me that did not like them being in here, no matter how good of a job they did with it. It just, I didn't, I can't get myself beyond that point. Well, and so I, I would like you to see it again and see how you feel about it. Because I had I had two things that I was, it was how much of it was, to me, spoiled when I saw Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, and did that affect me? And what if I already knew, which I knew when they were coming, in their capacity? I want to make sure that that wasn't adding or, or detracting from my movie, but also the villains, because uh, there there weren't there weren't any new villains. These are the same right. villains that that we've seen before, but as a Sinister Six, so we got them all together. Uh, and that's really what Sony was was trying to do is figure out how to do Sinister Six, and they they clearly screwed up. Was uh, there actually six of them though? There were uh, uh, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Lizard, Sandman, Electro. Electro. Is that it? I, yeah, I think five. that's it. I felt like there was only five. I, I didn't know that. I didn't set you up. But I was just winging it off the top of my head. I, did, I felt like there wasn't six, but well, you got the idea of the Sinister Six. Let's sure, put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> they don't need to name themselves and seem silly. Yeah, a villain group naming themselves is, is a silly, silly <laughs> right. thing to do. I mean, and there's a part of me too that didn't even I had that same feeling towards Garfield and Maguire, where it was like, okay, fine. I mean, maybe you're doing the best you can do with this, but. I don't enjoy any of the other two Spider-Man franchises. I don't enjoy the heroes. I don't enjoy the villains. I don't like them as movies. Like they, they max out at like a three on any individual movie for me. So it's like, I applaud the effort, but there's like, I said, there's, there's, I'm not saying it was terrible. I'm just saying there's a part of me that can't get over the fact that like, why did you do this? It would be the same thing as if they, in an X-Men movie dropped in, you know, I don't know, Halle Berry and uh, Patrick Stewart. And those guys, I'd be like, I mean, yeah, okay, maybe you did a good job, but like, ugh, you know, like I don't. Okay, so uh, here's here's my thing, kind of like what I was just talking about. Those villains are now done, so I liked that they've acknowledged them in Tom's world, and we don't mm-hmm. have to go back to them. So that's that's one part of what I liked about this. Right. The other piece is how it ended it, how it ended it, and we're jumping all the way to the end where Spider-Man is now in his leotard. He doesn't mm-hmm. have any Tony Tech. He doesn't have any money. He's he's the Peter Parker of the comics now, and he can start at round one with no none of these this rogue gallery of of these bad villains that are that know who he is and always plaguing him. But we sure. Get, uh, we finally get a fresh start at at Spider Man, and Tom signed on for three more movies, so we know you know he gets three, and I think it's a that's the Spider-Man that I'm really excited that we get because we never got an origin story. Mm-hmm. You know, we got um, three movies of, or I guess five. How many was he in? Six, seven movies of his origin. Know, we'd really have to think about that because he's had three. Well, let's, let's not count this one. So two solos, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. So that's right. four. And I can't remember if he's ever appeared in 
No, I think that I think that's right. Oh no, sorry, it's five. It was five. Right. And then this would be six. Yeah. yeah. So really, it took six movies to get our Uncle Ben moment. Right, know? but I, I, my argument, my counterpoint to that would be that you could have gotten him to that point without using Toby or Andrew or any of the Sony stuff. You could have still had the multiverse. You, you still could have. You could have, but you got rid of all those villains, which I'm, I'm sure. Totally I, yeah, a, I agree with that. One. I agree with that. I was just saying that you know, to your point about him being able to start fresh, you could have gotten there without all the Sony stuff. So that to me is kind of irrelevant because again, they could have written the multiverse in a way where you pull in all these different villains and still get rid of them. Like you said, but at the same time, you know, you didn't have to use specifically the actual Sony actors and characters and all that kind of stuff. Well, I I think it works better that way. Uh, And I, and I was dreading seeing Toby in a Spider-Man outfit again. Like I did not (laughs) want that. Spider-Man 3 has left a sour, sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. And I, I wanted nothing to do with it. And I thought both both of them uh, on the Sony side fit really well with this story. I thought they all interacted fantastically. I, I just I just love that dialogue. And every time I thought that they were just going to mention something and gloss over it, they like kept talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like it with his webs, you know? They, yeah. they talked about his webs. And then I was like, oh, you, you have your funny one-liner. But then they kept talking about it. No, mm-hmm. it's like breathing, you know, and he kept yeah. he kept going into it. And then like your villains and they started talking about the villains. And I just love the, the dynamic of, of the three of them talking. You had a old Spider-Man, a, a apparently vengeful Spider-Man. I guess mm-hmm. Andrew's gone through some dark, dark times and been killing some people, maybe. Sounds like it, maybe. And then uh, the young guy. And mm-hmm. so I just I just really like that dynamic. And I, I think bringing in three other actors to do something like that would have cheapened it and having three toms would have been lame. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it would have cheapened it. I think the point where I would agree with you is that if the multiverse is going to be playing out in the MCU on the big screen, like we know it is, it is easier for audiences to latch on to existing figures that they know Versus trying to figure out, okay, is this Green Goblin from another universe, or is this from Tom's universe, or is this Spider-Man? Like, I, I think it's easier for general audiences to understand now that okay, they came in because they were part of the multiverse, and I know who Toby is, and he was a Spider-Man here, and he's being pulled in. So I think it helps with the audience's understanding of the multiverse, because if you did wrinkle in all these other new ones, you, you would you might overlook like cognitive overload of the audience of trying to keep track of who's who and what's what instead of instantly knowing oh lizards from andrew garfield's universe and he pulled in and so th- it makes sense why they did it but i still have it still has a lingering negative effect on me I, I wouldn't say it's overall negative i'm just saying like that's the reason why it's not like perfect for me is because it's it's just got this gross aura around it when it comes in well and if jamie fox would have been blue the whole movie that would have pissed me off you know, and, and, you know, and Goblin would have still worn his mask like that. Like that, that would have, that would have made me mad, yeah. but they, you could, you could tell they intentionally tried to fix what the fans didn't sure. like. And yeah. I, and I can appreciate that. Yep. I agree with that. I think that, um, I think they did, I, I will give them all the credit in the world. They did the best that they could and it's not their fault that they can't fully erase the stink of Sony. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not going to knock them for not doing a good job. They did a great job, but there's just part of me that can't let it go. Well, and you, you mentioned making the multiverse digestible. I wonder if um, 
that was intentional knowing what's coming with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness of this was an easier concept for people to get of there are multiverses and not everybody's the same in those those multiverses. So maybe right. maybe that was a hair we're gonna dip your toe into because we're going we're going nuts in Doctor Strange. I think so. I mean they, they did a pretty good job with making, you know, timelines digestible in Infinity War. And, you know, as much as if you're following along on the MCU and you've watched Loki or Doctor Strange, I mean, they're they're laying some basic Lego building blocks there. But, you know, it was tough to follow at times, especially what if. I think I said Doctor Strange, but I meant what if. Um, and I did kind of wonder how they were going to start to pull some of this off. So it does make sense to pull the familiar faces in and, and get the audience used to it before you go too radical. And, you know if you got Kang coming in and you're, I mean, you're seeing 35 Loki variants or whatever it is like that might be a tough pill to swallow for some people, but now you kind of ease them in nice and easy into the multiverse. And before you go just completely radical, cause I, I do think at some point Marvel's going to go nuts with it. Right. Like I, I would hate it if they don't, I, I'm expecting at some point in this phase, since they've introduced the multiverse, they need to do something kind of batshit crazy. Like, have fun with it. It's a crazy concept, especially in the world of superheroes. So let's do something way out there with it. Um, bad Cap. I mean, like, go nuts. You know, um, 10 different Caps all fighting. You know, like, I know he's not in there, but, like, you can do that with a multiverse because only our Cap is gone, right? Like, do some things. Well, and that's that's what a lot of people are thinking is coming. Um, with like, the Secret Wars and whatnot, and that's how we're somehow going to get X-Men. Uh, that we want, um, because I don't know how you introduce mutants into this world that have been around for a hundred years, like Wolverine, but no one's ever heard of them mm-hmm. before. Uh, th- things like th- like that problem, I think that's how they're gonna gonna solve that with those, you know, Cap fighting Peggy Carter, Cap, you know, you know th- those types of different Captain Americas and different, you know, Black Panthers and and who, however you want to do it. Into, but you look at the slate of what's coming out. And you'd think Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness would lead into more movies like that. But it seems like they're having regular movies after Doctor Strange. You know, Thor Love and Thunder doesn't seem to be crossing through the multiverse. I feel like that's just a a Thor story. Mm -hmm. But uh, maybe they're just glossing over it. We don't know that, though. I mean, maybe Jane Foster is Thor in another multiverse and gets pulled into his. Like, we don't know how Jane Foster is coming back. It's true because there's no hammer. Where's the hammer? I don't know how they're going to get around the hammer because that's how she gets her her power. Right, and clearly, I, I, I mean, I'm not spoiling anything, but she's going to have a hammer. I mean, that's he right. has Stormbreaker now, and she's going to have the hammer. So, I mean, that's the thing. We don't know how much or how little they're going to play with this and others. And I, I don't expect them to necessarily drop it in every movie, but I would expect Ant Man and the Wasp was going to have some of it too. Um, so I don't know mania. Yeah, I mean, not every Phase 1 movie dealt with Stones and Thanos and that run-up, so you don't have to do it in every movie, but I would expect that there's going to be a thread in a lot of movies, right? Yeah, I get. I was trying to think of... Yeah, like, first Ant-Man had nothing to do with any of the Stones. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, One other question I wanted to ask you about the multiverse, because we both love Spider-Verse, but do you think... Spider-Verse doing what it did and being so successful at what it did had any kind of impact on this movie, positive or negative? Um, to be honest, I, f- I feel like, if anything, it would have been a reason why they wouldn't have gone this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of let, because I know Sony Cartoon 
are doing a, a sequel to Into the Spider Verse. That's mm-hmm. uh, that comes out this year also. At yeah, I think December, it's the summer think. or maybe fall. Oh. I can't remember. Oh, I thought it was December, but oh, okay, time. yeah, whatever. Um, but it's uh, I think if anything, it was a detractor from saying, "Gosh, you know, they're doing it over here." Um, but I think getting the rights to X Men, I feel like this is the only way they could go to to make any of this made sense. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, I think that not introducing Miles, which I think is where you're, eventually you're going to go with this. Uh, Me? No, would, that's yeah. I wasn't going to talk about <laughs> introducing Miles. I was more just saying, I was curious as to your thoughts on. I mean, Spider Verse to me is a perfect movie. Um, but I think people who have seen Spider-Verse and watch this are, are naturally going to be like, okay, I mean, so it's kind of like Spider-Verse, right? I mean, and that, yes, it doesn't have Miles, but conceptually, like, there's multiple Spider-Men and there's villains coming in from each. And even, honestly, I will say, even some of the jokes that they do between the Spider-Men were almost kind of the same. Like, when he's popping Toby's back, you think about the Spider-Man in uh, Spider-Verse, like, wearing sweatpants and stretching yeah. his back out. So you're like, okay, I, I've kind of seen this before. So I was curious if you thought... To you, did Spider Verse have an impact on this movie? Like, because partially for me, I'll just say my opinion is like, yeah. Part of me was like, okay, this is good, but I feel like Spider Verse beat you to the punch and did some of these things slightly better. And I, I would say that that's accurate. Um, yes, yes, I think it did. But but I do think it was a it's a way to um, to do this story because you you painted him in a, in a corner of everybody knows who spider-man is mm-hmm. in the comics when they did this storyline it was mephisto who he made a deal with made a deal with the devil to make everybody forget who spider-man was and i feel like that's way too big uh, you're, you're introducing mephisto in, into this into this universe that way uh and how does spider-man never get you know in contact with the devil and it's it's real weird and muddy so I'm sure. glad that they they did it kind of in a spell fashion, but uh, and I like the way they did it. Of oh, I was able to contain this; only a few got through. You know, I that's a good plot device. I, I, that's fine. I mean, we've had conversations about this, and it was one of my first comments after the trailer. I do think that everything going awry because Strange is casting a spell and Parker's there, like not shutting up during the spell. Little, little corny to me. Um, hey, Peter Parker's known for not shutting up. I so know, but I'm okay like, with that. you're just it's it just felt overly corny. It's like okay, really, like this all started because Strange agrees to cast a spell because your friends aren't getting into college, and then you just won't shut your mouth, so then everything goes awry because of that. Like it just, I mean, it just felt a little corny. That's all I can really say. I'm not saying I hated it. I'm just saying it. It just feels kind of shallow and like whatever. Hey, Doctor Strange's always been a maverick. <laughs> just running fast and loose with his magic. But and I don't think I'm the only one. I mean, I think a lot of people, at least when I was checking around online when the first trailer came out, were like, oh, really? Like, th- this is going to be the cause of all the phase four problems? Or what, I can't, always forget what phase we're in, but all these multiverse problems is because, you know, we didn't know at the time that it was because Peter couldn't get into college, but we know he was trying to get rid of people remembering who he was, and then he just can't stop talking. Like, okay. I mean, He's it's kind of the spell. It wasn't I know, just but it it's, you, you have to admit it's a little on the corny side. Like it's not a big, huge plot element that drives all of this stuff. It's like seriously, like one of the most superficial things that you could write to then cause all the problems. But it seemed like it fit with both characters. 
uh, he's in the middle of casting a spell. Okay, yes, I can add that. And so he's, he's sure doing, opposed to shutting the whole thing down. He's like, yeah, uh, I'm arrogant enough where I can I can add this and then right. It, it fits and, the characters. I just felt like it was kind of shallow. Like, well, uh, anything in the magic is is, is an easy. Well, yeah, out. I mean the memes about Strange afterwards. Like, why couldn't he just erase like Thanos's mind or something like that? He like, tried. You know, that was one of the 14 million <laughs> tr- ways that he tried, and it didn't yeah. work. Thanos ended yeah. up killing everybody. You know. Yeah, it's just I I wish there had been a little bit more meat around that, but that you know that's neither here nor there. They did what they could. Yeah, no, I I, I do think obviously Into the Spider Verse is, is amazing, um, pun intended. The uh, <laughs> but introducing and I know people were talking about that they hoped that they got Miles in this. No, so that's why I brought that's that wrong. Up. And and absolutely too bloated to bring in Miles. You know, well, and too early. Too I mean, there's still so much to do. Yeah, and Tom's still a kid. You know, and you want Tom as Spider-Man to be mentor to Miles. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you want Miles to look up to Tom. Right. And so I feel like they've set the stage for Tom to still be growing as Spider-Man as a person. And then you bring in, bring in Miles. And I would love to see Miles and I don't want to wait three movies to do it, but I think that they did it right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I want to see him too, but I'm I'm fine waiting. I that's not something that I want to rush. I, and it helps too that you have Spider Verse getting churned out over here on the side. So if you need your your you fix. Know, dose of Miles, yeah, your fix of Miles Morales, <laughs> you can just go over there and get it. So I, I think I think too it would be way too fast because clearly Spider Man I feel like is going to be anointed as one of the next. He's the next Cap. I mean they they kind of pose him as the next Iron Man, but he's kind of also the next Captain America to me. I know they have. Mm-hmm you know falcon who's now become the new captain america but i'm talking about like as the the strongest the moral center yeah all that like you know spidey's your guy and so to introduce the replacement spidey just as he's starting to kind of hit the ground running especially knowing what they did with this movie because i i truly did not ever in a million years think like what you mentioned earlier that we're getting a soft reboot of spider-man after Mm -hmm. you know six mcu movies so it's it's actually kind of incredible to think that they pulled that off that, you know, we all assumed he had had his uncle Ben moment and they were just going to like, Oh, we've already done that. You don't need to see it. Just like, you don't need to see, you know, Batman's parents killed, been there, done that. We don't have to right. go through it. So they made you think that for five or six movies that, yeah, you didn't see his origin. And now it's like, no, you've been watching his origin the whole time. Like we're here now. And now you get the Spider-Man that you all thought you've been getting. You hadn't really got, now you're going to start getting him. And that's, that's not easy to pull off, pull off. And it's a, pretty incredible concept that they did yeah and it not even that it's the spider-man was never like just a card-carrying member of the avengers like he he was more of a gosh he just either happened to be there or they called him in dire emergencies of hey Mm -hmm. we need you but he's always been kind of on his own you know street level you know type guys not necessarily fighting thanos Mm -hmm. you know and so he's I, i like how now they don't know who he is you know, <laughs> so he's got to get reintroduced to these guys. Uh, and I think, well, hold on. Are you talking about down. the Avengers? The Avengers. Yeah. He doesn't have to get, they all know who Spider-Man is. Not anymore. Nobody does. No, well, they, they know, know Spider-Man. they know, they don't know Peter Parker. They know Spider-Man. They know. Okay. So they, they remember him fighting Thanos. They remember him okay. doing all that stuff. They just sure. don't know. And some of them didn't even know he was Peter Parker to begin with. Right. Right. I'm okay. trying to think. Like Thor. Thor wouldn't have any way of knowing that he was Peter Parker, I think. I'd have to think back through the movies, but I don't think he does. 
Well, I mean, obviously, you can play. He definitely doesn't wear his mask a lot. In, right. I mean, you could play the game where, like, oh, really? Like, I, Tony wouldn't have told Thor who. I mean, but you know, if we're taking what does we Thor see, care? does Thor right, really first care? First, yeah, does Thor is? care? But then, second, like, if we're playing the game of like only what we see on the screen is canon, then I think only a handful of people knew who he really was. I think uh, that just reminds me of there was a Justice League uh, cartoon where Lex Luthor switches his mind with the Flash. And he runs into the bathroom and takes off his mask to uncover his identity. And Lex Luthor's sitting there looking in the mirror and goes, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Because there's not somebody that's just out there like, oh, it's Clark Kent. It's like, no, I have no idea who this, this guy is. <laughs> so I feel like we've talked a lot about this movie like conceptually and all the impacts of it and the impacts around it. What, what else do you have about like the actual movie itself? Yeah, um, I mean, from... From the get go, I was in. I like him, like the web slinging with MJ. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I love their banter. I love them together. Um, I know they're together in real life, so I wonder how much of their back and forth is because of that. And mm-hmm. I think uh, you and I talked about this. I think the MCU played it perfectly. Of MJ and Ned are out of the picture, and just in case their relationship goes sour, we don't have to mess with that crap in the next movie you know we can bring her back or we don't from mm-hmm. uh outside source but then also inside we can bring in gwen or love interests like silk or uh black cat or even you know anybody like that 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 peter can get involved in so that was a nice clean break but i did love their interactions together because you watch i don't know if you watched any of their press circuits of the three of them they acted just like they they are in real life of them mm-hmm laughing at Doc Ock's name, you know, them joking around. And, and I, I, I just feel like that made this movie uh, that much better for me. Yeah. I don't have any problem with any of the acting in the movie. I thought it was all great. Um, I like Ned, I like Zendaya. I liked all the villains. I like Tom, Tom, Tom has the ability to, uh, his crying ability is like second to none. I mean, the guy can, you know, well up, get the red eyes, get the tears going. And you're just like, Oh, man so he and he's funny so like i i liked all of the acting in it um i did think that the first i I felt like there was a lot of setup i felt like the first 30 minutes and i'll need to watch it again about the first 30 minutes i felt was pretty slow so it's kind of what i was mentioning earlier when you said if you could just take content from only the first 30 minutes it's like ooh, this movie might might sting a little bit if you're only taking it might come across as like a rom-com drama kind of movie because it just it, it took us a bit to get where we needed to go in this movie I don't really think so. I mean, maybe I was just caught up in it. Um, maybe if you drew the line of where 30 minutes was, I might be like, okay, you're right. But, um, I mean, I feel like you had the fallout of Mysterio, mm-hmm. uh, of that, and him him dealing with that. It's like now all his the school knows who he is. Uh, the teachers, I thought their their conversation, I thought they did that really well. Of two of one was kind of in the middle. One of them was a huge fan of Spider Man. The other one thinks he killed Mysterio. You yeah, know, when he when he walked into the school. Um, I don't, I don't yeah, it that. wasn't bad. It just felt like I remember watching it the first night. I was like, okay, let, let's get like the. It felt slow, and then when I thought about it, like after the movie, when we were talking as a family on the way home, like yeah, it did feel like it. That first little bit was slow, and again, I guess maybe that's a byproduct byproduct of when you're waiting for like the proverbial shit to go down um because you know it's going to you're just like okay come on like we, we got it we got the gist you're not getting into school like let's get to strange let's get the ball rolling and truthfully you know you and i talked about this on the side too i think that's 
partially, I think movies have a lot of bloat right now. I, as much as I thought this movie was good, did it need to be two and a half hours? Probably not. There's probably I, you know at so. least 15 minutes that can get chopped out of this movie, and you don't really lose a whole lot. Sure, but I don't think I wanted to lose. I don't think there was a scene in there that I wanted to lose that I looked like. It's like, yeah, this is dragging. I don't think there was any of that for me. I'd have to go back and watch it. And like I said, if if it was for me, it was in like, and again, I wasn't watching my watch or timing this or anything, but my gut feel was the first 30 minutes or so just kind of kind of drug on. Them opening letters for college, I'm sure that that was in there. Yeah. Although I did, I didn't want to mention Flash. I love Flash Thompson mm-hmm. throwing up the Flashpoint. Uh, remind me, I, I remember Flash coming in, but, and I remind me again what you... So Flashpoint is uh, the Flash... That his storyline, the multiverse, when he goes in the multiverse, and that's why in the new movie, and they mentioned Michael Keaton, uh, that's what they call him traveling through the multiverse. And so it's funny that Flash Thompson held that up and stole Flashpoint before DC could do their movie. Gotcha. Which is, I think it was Eternals took a few shots directly at Justice League or something like that in there. Like so they they mentioned Superman in Eternals. I remember that. Yeah, so. I don't wear a cape. That, Icarus, gotcha. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So MCU is starting to punch down now a little bit. <laughs> they, yeah. they feel pretty confident. Well, I mean, they, is, it, is it punching? You know, yeah. I think it's it's more of a, uh-huh, we we're just going to throw this in there as people sure. who know both universes and they're talking about the multiverse. And and, and so that, I think that was funny that they threw that in. Yeah. Um, okay. So what else do you have on the movie itself about, um, I mean... You know how it was constructed. Do you, you know we talked about the acting? Uh, I mean, it sounds like you you don't have much criticism about the movie in general. I, I really don't. My only criticism coming out of uh, the first viewing was that Ned is all of a sudden a magic user. Mm-hmm. And I know you said, "Oh, it's uh, it's been in my family," and I like how Doctor Strange. You know, when he said, "Sometimes my fingers tingle," and Doctor Strange tells him to go find a doctor. You should go see a doctor <laughs> yeah. about that. Um, but uh, I didn't like that. I mean, Doctor Strange sat there and, you know, couldn't get the sling ring to work for, you know, 20 minutes of the movie. And he's supposed to be able to pick up all this stuff really quickly. And then right. Ned just grabs it and he can open portals. I know it's a plot device. And but sure. it's just more like it made me feel like these, uh, like the superhero TV shows, uh, you get like, and I'll pick on Flash, you know, while we're, while we're talking about Flash. But you have all these supporting characters and then you get into season four or five and then you, you start giving all the supporting characters superpowers just because mm-hmm. they want to be not just the guy in the chair, not just the girl who helps sometimes. Also now everybody's got powers and it seems forced. And I, I kind of felt like, Oh, how do we make Ned relevant? And I feel like that's what they did there. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I don't have a problem giving Ned that little kind of a bit and I I don't know if it'll go anywhere. That's one thing I will say. I, it's not like I see a clear path for Ned to become like a a sorcerer or not. So I don't know if they'll even like follow up on that, especially because to your point just a little bit ago, um, we don't know how much Ned and MJ are going to be around for the next however many movies. So maybe they knew that like, Oh, we'll just give Ned a little bit of a thing here, but it's not going to be a thread that we pull because they're, they're going away now. Yeah. I I think Ned's gone. I think, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think we see MJ again, but I, I think Ned's gone. Yeah, I mean, my personal preference in all this um, is that I hope that they set the Zendaya-MJ angle aside, but that it's not gone forever. So 
I, I think it needs to be something that's kind of like always in the back of Peter's mind. It's always kind of driving him, but that doesn't mean he still can't get involved with a Gwen Stacy or whatever, just because he might think that he's got no chance ever at that because of the ramifications. But I hope that they at least set it aside if they do choose to come back to it. Don't dive into it right away. Give it some time to kind of breathe. Well, part of his relationships with like Silk and Black Cat especially was that he didn't want to put MJ in danger, but mm-hmm. with those other super people, he knew they could protect themselves. And right. so he allowed himself to kind of be in relationships with them, you know, and not just uh, MJ who, who needed him to be there or could be a target at some point. Right. Yeah. And so I, I feel yeah. like you can introduce the, those people, uh, even Spider-Gwen, you know, you want to introduce Gwen that way. Uh I did see an article showing that Emma Stone uh, potentially could be a Spider-Gwen in the Sony-verse somehow. Sure. Um, and I was like, you know, I don't know how you bring her back from the dead to do that, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that's one of the only things that's going to help save that over there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what they do with Sony. I don't really want to spend any brain power trying to sort it out because <laughs> sure. I don't uh, But you, I don't it's want hard to talk to about that. Spider-Man. I'll talk about the other, the other stuff right. going on. Um, but it's... Uh, but I do think, I don't think we see MJ. I think we hear about MJ, but I don't think we see her again until maybe movie three when yeah. he's kind that would of be probably good. on the, the way out. Yeah. Um, you know, overall, I mean, I, I enjoyed the movie. I think, you know, I, I wish some of the action scenes were a little bit better. I thought some of the CGI got a little shaky at times. Um, not actually shaky, but just kind of the quality was okay. And I, I don't know, some of them some of the moments of them together when they were together, just talking as Spider-Man, I thought that was cool. But when they were like doing the big action scene at the statue of Liberty with the cap shield and everything, I, I don't know. I wasn't really wowed by anything that was happening there. Um, so those were some of my complaints where I was like, eh, you know, it didn't really like pack a punch. Like I thought it would, the things that did pack a punch for me were more of the emotional things. Obviously like aunt may dying was, was huge. And Tom Holland acted incredibly in that. And then, um, Andrew Garfield's redemption was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as I don't like either of the Amazing Spider-Man movies, I thought them doing that was really, really a, a nice touch. Um, I could see it coming. I mean, as soon as Garfield was in here, I was like, uh, we got to that action scene. I'm like, he's going to end up saving MJ. I mean, and if they didn't, I would have crushed them because that would have been a huge miss. Um, and then Holland's interaction with uh, Willem Dafoe at the end when you know he's considering killing Goblin. Like, So to me... As, as crazy as some of the action could have been and some of that stuff could have been, it was really the emotional stuff that I thought they hit like right square on the head and really is what left me thinking after the movie. When I walked out of this movie, I was more like a three and a half because I thought it was good and I thought it was solid, but I wasn't wowed by it. But when I thought back on the movie, it wasn't the action scenes or anything like that that even remotely had me moving myself up in the ranking. It was all the emotional stuff that I thought was really well done. Um, so no, that was kind of my two cents. On I that. agree completely. All of them, you know, they, they, they got me when they tried to, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, and sometimes they're just looks, you know, and, uh, and it just him when Tom got taken out or when MJ fell, I was like, so is Andrew going to see that he saved MJ? And then that's a different, you know, I, I didn't know how they were going to go with that. But then when he got mm-hmm. knocked away, it's like, oh, here comes, here comes Andrew. Cause they're not going to kill. I'm going to kill MJ, are they? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> so uh, when I saw him leave. I, I knew like, MJ was safe once Aunt May went, right? Like, you're, you're not doing lose them both. You're not doing two in one movie. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, I liked all that. I liked that she didn't 
with her dying breath say with great power you know i'm glad she mm-hmm. gave that before she knew she was was dying um and while tom like you said tom's a, a good crier but i think andrew garfield uh is an excellent crier uh, i know yeah he did good i know my toby sucks let's just yeah, say that toby, toby sucks toby sucks he i i love the uh, you're gonna go into battle dressed as a youth pastor, you know that that that, that line. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I just uh, uh, I thought Toby held his own, but I'm glad his his part was as limited as it was. But yeah, but I, I did think it all worked, and you're absolutely right. I think what sticks with me was that I had the feels throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and you're right that the set the action pieces I did enjoy more the second time because I could kind of tell better who was where and what they were doing and you get spider-man especially three of them swinging around it's hard to tell you know mm-hmm. where they're swinging from or, or to or and they move so fast that uh and i didn't mind the effects i didn't see anything that was egregious uh there's some that i've seen online of people slowing down and saying oh look at his face well yeah if you slow it down like that but everything moves oh yeah moves so so quickly that i there's nothing that i thought looked just terrible cgi except for maybe sandman or the lizard which they, right. they look like they did so yeah they did it, that part is is what it is but no you're absolutely right i think that the emotional piece is what made this movie a stand out over the others mm-hmm. the uh so speaking of the end when they're all fighting and then the people in the clouds uh, the purple mm-hmm. and the, of all the people who knew who peter parker were, were coming through um I tried both times to really see the outlines and I could only see one guy with the spear and the rest of them, I had no idea what that was. And yeah. so I had to, I had to go online and look as like, who were the people in the clouds that were coming through and someone put them kind of side by side. One was, mm-hmm. uh, obviously the spear was, was Craven the hunter mm-hmm. and uh, they had the rhino then scorpion and Mysterio. And I think there maybe been one more, but I was like, I was trying. I was trying to see all the, yeah. the, the the cool Easter eggs that were up in the sky, but uh, uh, I, I couldn't get them when I was when I was in the theater either time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have known enough to know. I did see online afterwards the Craven one. Uh, I think my son said that to me, but I I wouldn't have even known where to begin picking out guys. So I just assumed that they they threw some stuff in there. Yeah, but as as a whole. Uh, Again, I'm even trying to think through through the movie that they got rid of of everything that didn't make Spider-Man Spider-Man. Uh, for, mm-hmm. From the Tony Tech Box thing, the arc reactor, the, that's all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, to Happy of like, why isn't Happy pay for this for Peter? Like, you you know, you're just wondering, you know, why is he struggling with money at all? Is mm-hmm. is uh, Gwyneth Paltrow not? acknowledging that Peter was ever a big part of Tony's life, you know, it, right. any of this stuff, like one call from pepper Potts doesn't get him into MIT. Like, yeah. Like, come on. My, I feel like any, so any of that, could I happen. guess, the, <laughs> I guess the question I'll ask you then is, do you see them ever undoing this? Like after they've had their fun with it? Uh-uh. I don't, because there's no okay. reason to, there, there's right. no reason to, um, maybe with MJ, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe she remembers at some point, but, who who else cares? Everybody's dead. Sure. Captain America, Tony yeah. Stark, uh, Happy. You don't need ever again. Right. Um, Aunt May. Yeah. They're they're all they're all dead. So, mm-hmm. what? There's no need to undo any of it. It's just it just is what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. I I, w- I think that's the way they should go. I don't think there's any reason to go back. No. Agreed. Yeah. Um. What else you got? Are you ready to give your rating? Which. <laughs> 
it's pretty clear where your ratings going to be at. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. What? So you kind of mentioned things that you didn't like. Uh, what was your What was your favorite part? Um, either the Aunt May scene or the Garfield scene, um, because I thought those were done really well. I was actually going to be really mad because they seemed like they were going to go down the Aunt May route, and then they they had her walking around and doing stuff after she got you knew she was hurt. I was like, oh man, are they really just going to make it like a flesh wound? And I mean, are, are they going with this? They kind of had me teetering. So then when they committed to it, I was like, oh man. And that was, that was strong, but Garfield's redemption. So one of those two I thought was just really, really well done and probably my favorite parts, but those would be my favorite parts of the movie specifically. But like I mentioned before, at a larger scale, the fact that they pulled off a soft reboot of Spider-Man is still kind of mind blowing. Um, that they would one want to do it and they two did it um, knowing that they had a very well established new Spider-Man and now they're ripping the rug out from everybody and saying, Nope, you're back to square one. This is your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that nobody knows about. It's almost like we're introducing him for the very first time in the MCU, which is crazy. You give him his, his baby blue suit homemade. Yeah. And I I love that. I just hope they stick with it. I hope that they, they don't, go back on one movie because there's I can't think of other examples but I feel like it's I feel like it's a risky play but I feel like it gives them so much world to play with now with Spider-Man that they didn't have before because you're five six movies in on him already and now it's just like blank slate let's go we can do all these other things we wanted to do that we couldn't because we we're trying to distance ourselves from Sony or whatever the reasons were um, there's no tie like you just mentioned there's no ties to Tony no ties to all these other things this is friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that's going to work for the bugle taking pictures you know, yeah, he's yeah. trying to raise money because he's trying to pay his bills, and you don't see yeah. that in truly any other superhero concept. Of right, your superhero is poor. You know, you have Batman mm-hmm. who's rich. Superman's never had a problem with money. You know, mm-hmm. you look at you know Professor X is rich. Tony Stark mm-hmm. is rich. You're like, oh, it's just what we do all day because freaking rich. You know, mm-hmm. like Cap wasn't rich though. It goes pay by on the government payroll. <laughs> He's on the government <laughs> dime. <laughs> and then you That's know, awesome. in Black Panther, you know, he owns his own country. You know, so yeah. it's a yeah. You, know, you have a lot of these. You got a little taste of Falcon struggling with some finances because mm-hmm. he blipped out for you know five years and all that. But this is a a daily grind for uh, for Peter Parker of paying for web fluid. You know, mm-hmm. he, he makes his own. He, he did that before Tony, so. Yeah, I'm glad they they did it that way. But he yeah, he actually has to pay for that stuff. And Garfield mentioned it. He's like, yeah, you know, trying to pay, <laughs> you know, make my own wet fluid running out. And and you mm-hmm. never really felt like Garfield was strapped for cash. I know yeah. Toby, their household was poor, um, right? But uh, and then they kind of did that angle. But I'm glad that that Tom is is doing that or will be doing that now. And that's that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, but. No, I think you're right. I think that Garfield moment is is tops. I think that kind of stole the show of when mm-hmm. he saved her. Um, and when that glider came through the door at Aunt May, I thought it like nearly cut her in half. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it looked like it blew through the wall and like sliced right. her right in half. And that would have been a little gruesome for Marvel to have <laughs> her give her farewell speech and their right. legs over there. Right. <laughs> uh, one thing we didn't touch on, uh, Daredevil makes an appearance. Yeah. Um, I like it. I, I've I've took multiple attempts at Daredevil, and I'm finally uh, midway through season two. Um, I <laughs> that show would not exist 
in today's MCU. It would not. There's no way, um, which I'm really, really thankful for. I mean, it is a very violent, very dark. It's like Batman Begins, but bloody. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm thankful Netflix pulled it off when they did because once the MCU got established and became too kid-friendly, this would not have been greenlit. Um, So I'm very anxious to see what's going to happen here because I've enjoyed uh, Charlie Cox. I've enjoyed Matt Murdock. I, I think it's a really cool character. It's a really cool show. I hope that when they bring him in fully that it's acknowledged that it's the same guy, you know, like they have his same story. Like that is him, you know, like everything we've seen in the show happens. Mm, okay. So you're only halfway through season two. Yeah. So you, we haven't gotten to the defenders where he meets up with iron fist. And yeah. Luke Jessica Cage Jones. And Jessica and Luke Jones. Cage, yeah. Um, yeah. I love Jessica Jones. I love the daredevil. Um, I, since you started watching it, I went back and I started watching. I realized I, I didn't remember anything about the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remember I liked it a lot. And so I was going back and you're right. It is much darker than I remembered, uh, bloody or brutal. Um, but I think it's great. And I want to keep the Kingpin that we knew then and the, and the mm-hmm. Daredevil that we knew then, but I hope we just keep them and their actors and probably the Punisher and then recast everybody else and pretend like they didn't exist. Uh, I, I like Karen and Foggy. I have no problem with those no, guys. No, I'm sorry. I meant the you meant Luke like the Cage Defender people, and Iron yeah. Fist, and we don't. I don't yeah. need those to be canon. And I don't even gotcha. need. I don't even need to acknowledge that Charlie Cox is the same one from those. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that he's also Daredevil in this world, and you can just assume that that's yeah. A similar. Yeah, I, life yeah. That's exa- I get. Yeah, I'm not saying they have to be explicit and say that. I'm just like. I hope they don't try and retcon it in any way, shape, or form. Like, okay, Charlie Cox is Daredevil, but it's not the Daredevil you saw over here. Like, as long as they don't be explicit like that, I'm I'm fine. Like, just be yeah. like, okay, if you want to know more, go see. But how many parents are gonna like tune into Daredevil and get a rude awakening? Um, well, <laughs> I, I, well, I mentioned that to my my nephew, and then when I started watching it again, and I'm like, oop, oops, that's yeah, that's maybe a little over his pay grade. It is it is violent, yeah, very very violent, yeah, um, but it, which it, I like. It's really good, and I'm glad they brought him in, and I liked that they didn't show Daredevil, um, mm-hmm. and I liked that they just they did acknowledge that he has powers to Peter, right? You know, and, and that piece. Um, and I thought when he mentioned to Happy that Happy needed to get a lawyer, I mm-hmm. thought that we were going to get our first glimpse of She-Hulk. I thought we were going to get. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that, and but so yeah, I'm like, oh, that. he's going to have him call, you know, Jennifer Walters, yeah. or at least mention her name. Um, yeah, they didn't go that route. Or they, they may in her show, got, uh, if Happy still needs a lawyer at that point. Yeah. I'm glad we got Matt Murdock, though. And I, I've heard that, so after the Hawkeye show, Echo's getting a show. And I've heard that there are rumors of that being a Daredevil season 3.5, um, that we will get Daredevil and Karen and Foggy in the Echo show. And it might be soft reboot-ish. So I don't know. I don't know what that means, but... That that's the rumors going around. That's not like from scripting or anything. That's just people chattering online. Maybe it's just what they hope. Yeah, and I don't think they did enough with Echo and Hawkeye to warrant a spinoff. Uh, they definitely didn't spend a lot of time on on her or make her yeah. seem like she's a superhero. I would agree, but if it's a launch point for Daredevil three point five, then maybe it makes a little bit more sense. Okay. I mean, you have a blind guy and a, and a deaf girl, and how do right. they how do they get along? Right. You know? <laughs> and so, but yeah, I think uh, uh, I didn't like. I like the kingpin that we had in Daredevil. I didn't necessarily like the kingpin that we got in Hawkeye. But sure. But I'm glad that 
they're here. They're they're involved. That was a that was a really cool cameo. Uh, I'm anxious to see how they tie tie in these other characters and and the series of stuff coming up. Yep, agreed. So, uh, my reading. I didn't get my reading yet, but uh, I'm at a five. Uh, I'm at a, I figured a five star movie. Uh, I loved it. Um, and so, I, are you saying it's the best MCU movie? I'm saying it's the best Spider-Man movie. So, well, sure. That doesn't take much, really. Um, it's 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 close. I mean, I don't it's think you close. have that many five star MCU movies. I don't think. Um, yeah. Well, I think Infinity War and Endgame were both five for me. Is Guardians a five? I feel like that might be a five for you. It uh, they're four and a half or a five. Winter I Soldier th- would be the other candidate, I would mm-hmm. think. Uh, Civil War. I like Civil War as well. Mm-hmm. Part of that's Tom and Spider Man. Yeah, uh, but no, I I really I, just, I, haven't, I haven't thought about where where it places, but I truly enjoyed myself both times. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I, I could think of afterwards is, what if they put Captain picking up the hammer in the trailer? And so that was my. You know, for for in game, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's how I felt like this whole movie was. Yeah. Of would I've had a bigger reaction if I didn't know about it? I mean, I don't think that's an entirely fair comparison because they didn't put Garfield saving her. They didn't put Aunt May like the big emotional cool moments. They didn't put in the trailer. Well, I was like, trying to think of my they... wow moments. Like that's what. Sure. I mean, but they, did they even put Garfield and Toby in the trailers? No. I, I, no even, but, okay. but I, I was more saying, did that affect my viewing of knowing that these things were going to happen? Well, sure. I mean, it's impossible for it not to. But would I, would I have had a more emotional piece? But the thing is, every time Cap picks up that hammer, no matter how many times I've seen it, I still get, <laughs> I still get the right. chills and I, and I love well, it. Well, that, that means it's a good scene. Yeah, it is a good scene. But, no, uh, it's, so it's I, definitely a five for me. Uh, I, okay. And, and the best out of... One, two, three, four, five. What are we? Seven Spider-Man movies. Uh, three, two, three, two, two, three. Hold on. Three for Toby, two for Andrew, and this is the third for Tom. So that'd be eight. Eight. So this is eight. Yeah. So out of eight, best out of eight. Yeah, I. I so I'm at a four on this. I I liked it. I enjoyed it. Now whether I like it more than Homecoming, I I don't know. And Homecoming holds a special place for me a little bit because I hate the the Tobys and the Garfields. So for them to produce a solo Spider-Man movie for me and actually get me to be like, oh, this is a solid movie. That like that was a big leap for me because I told you for years how much Spider-Man sucked because I just <laughs> didn't enjoy any anything about it. So I would I'll have to really sit down and watch those two back to back. I do know that Far From Home isn't even in the running. I mean, it's better than any Toby movie or any um, Garfield movie. But this the sad reality is that. The plot of that movie—we've talked about it many times before. It just it doesn't hold up on rewatch. It, it takes so much out of it to to watch. Now there's still moments I like, like Peter Tingle, all that. But like when you're sitting there watching a plot that really only works one time, it just feels like so slow. So I, I'm at a four on this one. I, I would say it's either the first or second best Spider-Man movie, not counting Spider-Verse, because um, it's still the top dog for me. And it, it's definitely in the upper tier of Marvel movies. I mean, it it's above Shang-Chi for me. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's probably in the top. Seven, eight. I don't know. I'd have to think about where it's at in there, but around there. Yeah, I'd say without top games, tier. Top, Let's just say top tier. Top tier, definitely top five. Yeah. I think. I think for yeah. me. 
So five would be tough. I have to think about that because then you're get, you're getting into Guardians, Civil or Guardians, the ones I said before, Winter Soldier, Endgame, Civil War, Infinity War. That like you're up in that you're in that conversation as well. I'll say this. you're. You're not in the Black Panther, Shang-Chi. You're above those. That kind of territory where you're just like that next rung down. Um, that's what I'm not sure. Like maybe, you know, Ragnarok's one of those where I'm always kind of waffling back and forth. So you're, you know, that's a around that either Ragnarok or above is what I would say. I do enjoy it more than Ragnarok. Yeah. So, yep. All right. So Spider-Man No Way Home, and let's see, we got we got Strange coming up in May, and then Thor coming up in July-ish, I think is what it is. They, they've been moving them, but I think that's where we're at. Um, was it July? Yeah, I remember. I, I, I feel like it's and... midsummer. I feel like there's. I think feel Strange is like in the the spring to summer transition slot, and then I think Thor is like right in the the summer slot. Well, there's something correctly. in like November and December. Yeah. I need to brush up on my Marvel calendar and see where we're at on that. Cause I know sometime like, you know, we're getting beyond the MCU, but I know like Morbius got moved and I know the Batman is coming out. So I, I know that we're, well, speaking of Morbius, I think they're moving it to add a, a Garfield scene. Oh, that's my, that's well, my prediction is why they, they needed a few more months. I, I don't even want to get started on Morbius because they have Vulture in there and that doesn't make any sense to me given what we know about the universe. You, you so you don't know that you don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know. I'd until you watch, think. until you sit down and watch Morbius, <laughs> a Sony production. I would rather not give Sony any brain power of mine. <laughs> but so I just looked it up. We have Doctor Strange, like you said, in uh, May. In May, and then you're right, Thor: Love and Thunder in July. July. Okay. Yeah, I thought Panther it was around two the in November. Ooh, that seems fast. And Moon Knight. Uh, that's Disney Plus, She Hulk, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, Ms. Marvel, the TV show. Yeah, so we're getting a lot more Disney Plus shows. Yeah, so we're only we're, we're only really talking about holiday special. Yeah, okay. So we have three actual feature films for Marvel in, in this year. For Marvel, for the MCU, mm-hmm. that is. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a lot to look forward to. I would imagine we're going to be getting trailers soon for. We already got the trailer for Strange. But I, I think you could be seeing a trailer, maybe a teaser for Thor, Love and Thunder, maybe Super Bowlish. I mean, that'd be five months ahead. You can't look know. away on the Super Bowl. No. Uh, I completely forgot about Black Panther, too, so surely there's got to be some stuff leaking so- soon on that. Yeah, we don't even know who's Black Panther. No, that'd be the big mystery. They better not give that away in the trailer. Well, I think we already know. And his sister. Do we? Shuri, mm-hmm. I thought they were mm-hmm. all Shuri. The, all the... Maybe you res, maybe you resurrect uh, Killmonger. I would love that. Maybe I, you I would give lo- it to. I, uh, I don't know if you make him Baku, Black Panther, or what, what but was I would his name? love if you got Adonis Creed in Black Panther yeah. again. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's it for Spider-Man: No Way Home. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G R A F F. You can find me at at 2 Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at 2 Movies, or you can email us at 2ViewsMovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen, we are there. We will be back. I can't promise you when, but whenever uh, whenever we see something worthy of talking about, which, you know, I probably need to brush up and see what we're looking at here, but... Um, Seems like it's been few and far between, so hopefully we get some better movies coming up in the next little bit and we can we can get going again. And we'll kick off season two. <laughs> yeah, another 176 episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, we'll catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.